What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the In the Round podcast. You got Matt and Tyler and the Coda Bear and the Podcats. They are uh, all up in our grill today. Felix is climbing up on me. Get down. Get down. Cake is being all good. He's over there hanging by the drum kit. But Felix is being a pain in the ass today. But yeah, let's get on with it. Uh, great guest on today's episode. Happy Monday, by the way. We recorded this one on uh, right after St. Patrick's Day weekend, which uh, you all know how to do it down here, Tyler. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, Nashville knows how to do it, period. Like, it's a party every day, but especially when it was a holiday, it just takes it to the next level. Yeah, no, there were there was a 600-person bar crawl going downtown. If, uh, that, wait for 4th of July, man. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. But I guess we talk about St. Patty's Day weekend. We talk about what he's got going on. We talk about him growing up down in Florida, hunting alligators, doing all that cool uh, alligator tail. stuff, alligator tail, all kinds of uh, cool things. And also, he had a recent run-in with a bird scoop. So that was pretty interesting and wild. Some cool stories, some uh, cool info, and uh, a lot of a uh, lot of good, a lot of cool conversation. Yeah, he's a Nashville OG. Been here since 2012. You know, been here the longest that I've met somebody that's actually moved here. You know, yeah, he was here before all of us damn Yankees started uh, making our way down here and uh, yeah. changing, changing, flipping things upside down. It's our good buddy Mark Burke, and stay tuned for the end of the episode. An exclusive, brand new song called "That's Why God Made Beer." And uh, it's an awesome track. So, Tyler, without further ado, hit that music. Let's go in the round with our good buddy, Mr. Mark Burke. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the In the Round podcast. You got Matt and Tyler here, and we have a great guest, a guy that I've hung out with on Broadway, a guy that I've hung out with down in Midtown, a guy that we got a lot of mutual friends with, and a guy that's doing a lot of big things here in Music City. He's from Florida. He's a total badass, and he can play a good guitar, and he's got some new music out. It's our buddy Mark Burke. Mark, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. How y'all doing? Doing all right. Yesterday was St. Patrick's Day, and uh, we all had ourselves uh, all had ourselves a day. Yeah, we did too. Uh, it was a rough one this morning. Where, where did you where, where did you end up yesterday? We uh we did the midtown thing, stayed at losers and winners, and uh, we went to Slaughterhouse for a little bit, and then bounced over to Demombrian and went Tin Roof, and then somehow we always end up downtown. Yeah, that's, way past our you bedtime. Always end up downtown. Way that's past our bedtime, trying to figure out how we're getting home, and and also how did we get here? <laughs> exactly. how, did, how did we start out at losers, play, playing some games, listening <laughs> to some good music, and throwing throwing back some drinks? It's always fun the next morning trying to piece together your night through your bank account. And you're like, how did I do that one? Bank account and Snapchat. Those are the two things where you're <laughs> Who like, Who was that Waffle House at three a.m.? <laughs> yeah. Sure wasn't me. <laughs> oh, for sure, man, for sure. Now you've been in here, living here in Nashville for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, June uh, will be seven years. Damn. Yeah. Seven years. So you have seen mm. the full transformation almost of what's popped up. I've only been here five months. So I've, for me, like what what's there now is what for me has always been there. But you <laughs> got here 2012. So what was Nashville like for you coming from There was Florida? a lot less bachelorette parties. <laughs> That's for sure. A lot uh, less pedal taverns? Yeah, there was there was no pedal taverns. I remember the first day I saw a pedal tavern. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And now it's like a video game trying to dodge them going down Broadway. Yeah, the but, worst is whenever you catch them on first, like you're trying to get out and you take oh, that right on first to go to the like Korean vets and you catch one right there that's just going super slow. On the that, one ways. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, the whole town's changed. I mean... Buildings are popping up everywhere. There's, I feel like there's more. There's definitely a lot more bars than there was. And if you think about it, every bar's got four or five floors. So yeah. it's a lot of new stages, which is cool. I think it's great for the town, and I think it brings a lot of. Obviously, it brings the tourism in, and it keeps those numbers spiking. So it's good. It, it makes it's keeping us alive, and it you know brings people here. So 
Now, coming from Florida, Florida, a honey hole for country music. Everybody talking about Carolina, talking about Georgia, talking about Texas. Florida's got some huge country things going on down there in terms yeah. of big-name guys that you're, I'm sure most people are familiar with, like Jake Owen, Michael Ray, guys like that. And you growing up, you were ta- telling us that you grew up uh, around the alligators. And, yeah, uh, I grew up. In that, I, that area of Florida. I grew up just north of the Everglades, and um, Jake came from the town just north of me and you know, Easton was from Bronson up there in North Florida, and yeah, it was just it's it's a little different down there. I mean, I grew up fishing, and it was weird because we lived less than you know five miles from the beach, but it's still very much country down there. I mean, my my dad's from Alabama, and my mom's from Shreveport, Louisiana. So, um, you know, I've always had that in me. But you know, I, I love the beach. It's I love being barefoot and going. You know sitting on the beaches how do you how do you get your beach fix being up here because i'm trying to figure that out oh i definitely have to go home see growing up up north like the jersey like going to like the jersey shore going out long island or places like that up north i'm on the coast down here i know there's a lot of lakes and coda bear over there says there you got beach you got like the lake shores or whatever that are like beaches or whatever but what do you do how do you get your do you get your beach fix here one thing middle of the country tornado alley one thing, I, one thing I don't do is go in lakes. Uh, really? I no. grew up in Florida, so <laughs> I was always taught if there's if there's a body of water that you can stick your whole foot in, there's probably a gator in it. Yep. So uh, we didn't swim in lakes. Like, if you fell off your jet ski, you got back on it. Like, if you fell out of the boat, you got back in. <laughs> like, you don't see people just lounging in the lakes because no. you're gator bait. Yeah. So the first time I came up here, I didn't realize that gators weren't up here and people were swimming in lakes. And I'm like, get out of the water. Are you crazy? <laughs> like, I'm telling people to, to run. And people, I guess, north of Alabama, they, you can swim in lakes and you'll yeah. be all right. Yeah, where I'm from, it's all brackish water. So you're bait for both an alligator and or a shark. shark. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No. I took a band down to Florida. It was the first time I went down to Florida and they, like, jumped in the water, like, first thing. And I'm like... What are y'all guys doing? You're going to get eaten. And they're like, what do you mean? And sure enough, the next day, an alligator was sitting on the bank right outside our cabin that we were staying in. I'm like, see? Those That's suckers, a no from me. Those suckers are fast, too, aren't they? they they'll get yeah, after you. They like, can sprint. Oh, yeah. They can sprint. I've actually never seen an alligator. Like I've seen them in like the zoo and stuff. Like, growing up. I've never been I've down. I've seen them in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. They've been on my porch. I've seen them in my my plate too. <laughs> yeah, I've had I've Gator had, tail's good. I've had alligator I've had alligator up here at what was formerly Frisky Frogs. Uh, they used they served uh, alligator and crawfish and all that stuff. It was really good. I'm sure Florida Gator though, and like Bama Gator and Louisiana Gator and all that like it's all the seasoning is yeah. all, <laughs> it is, is it really is it really all in the seasoning? I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, if you eat gator from Louisiana, I guarantee it's going to taste different than anything. It's all that Cajun seasoning. I mean, yeah. They cook oh, it. Yeah. They're like, get back in there. They, they're like, <laughs> they, they serve little, it to you still alive a little bit. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit crispy there. Yeah, I got I to gotta get down there and try that. So talking about the music stuff, when did you start getting involved doing some music things down in uh, down in uh, Florida country? So I, I didn't start playing guitar until I was probably 17, my senior year in high school. Um, I wanted to play in the talent show, so I learned a Johnny Cash song, uh, Boy Named Sue. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's how you got stuck. Wow, so a yeah. boy named Sue with a talent show, 17. Well, I, so it's funny. I grew up taking piano lessons my whole life. So when I wanted to play guitar, my dad told me, he's like, hey, you, you already got piano lessons. You should be, you should know how to play guitar. He kind of thought, like, it was just kind of universal. If you could play one instrument, you could play another really easily. So uh, he bought me a guitar chord poster from Walmart. 
And I remember specifically him coming into my room and said, if you're going to learn, you're going to learn from this. <laughs> so I, bought, I put the poster up on the wall and I would learn on YouTube and study that poster. And I just learned a couple songs and, and then I started dabbling in it and I got a couple gigs and started just doing it and it kind of took off and it's, it's been going well ever since. I haven't kind of looked back. So when was the moment that you were like, I, I can do this professionally. Like I can be Mark Burke, the guy on stage, like playing this and people come out and pay to see it. Man, I tell you what, and honestly, it kind of evolved into that. There was never that moment for me. It was like, wow, this can do it. There's been moments where I've I've looked back and been like, wow, this is really cool. But there was never that moment where it was like, I'm going to do this. It kind of, for me, it evolved. And I was like, I started to believe I could do it. And then it started happening. And then, you know, you you try to keep a mindset of like, you know, you're grateful for everything that you've got. And then you start setting your goals and then, you know, you start achieving those and you're like, well, I can start setting higher goals. And you start getting music put out and people, you know, compliment you and it makes you feel good that you're doing something right. And if your music's impacting people, that's the biggest compliment you can get. You know, when people come up and they're like, hey, your song, man, I loved it. That's cool. You know, that's that's why you do it is to, to impact people. Especially as a writer. Which, yeah. You, which you're a guy that does, obviously, if you're sitting here with us, you, you do some writing. Yeah. And uh, so you, you start playing guitar. When did you start kind of writing your own original stuff? Man, I'll tell you what. The person that turned me on to writing songs was Eric Church. Um, and I'm this is I'm talking 2011, 2010, Eric Church, maybe even 2009, um, with some of the first stuff that he was doing. And I remember meeting Eric. He was playing for $5 at a bar called The Roundup. Um, down in South Florida, and I went down there and camped out in the parking lot to meet him, and I got to talk to him, which was really cool. And this was, I mean, he would, Eric would play a show, and after the show, he would sit at the bar and drink because he, obviously he wasn't famous back then by any means, and he was uh, still a level-headed guy, but he was just a normal guy. Yeah. And um, I, he was writing his stuff, and I was like, I want to be like Eric, you know? I, yeah. I know a lot of people in this town that were influenced by church and... um He's he's the goat, you know, and I wanted to do what he was doing, so I listened to him and I listened to who he was listening to, and um, that's you know that's how I influenced my or that's how I was influenced and kind of taught myself. Who were some of those people that you would that, that you heard Eric of? listened to? Yeah, that. So I listened to um, my influences are Josh Thompson, Jeff Hyde, Eric Church, um, Casey Bethard. Um, but like his, you know, he was listening to Vern Gosd and Waylon Jennings, um, you know, like Willie Nelson, the classics, obviously, and, um, you know, Keith Whitley. And you think about like the stories they're telling and there's only so many ways to write songs. But then again, like church has always found a way to rewrite a song like you've never heard it. I mean, you can write, you know, so one title so many different ways and then you give it to church and he's got a whole different mindset on it. And it's just all about your creativity on how you can spend something and get a point across or um, how you can say something like somebody's never heard before. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's because yeah. Eric Church, that's a guy I've gotten to see in concert. He's his show, He's his great. live show. I sat to see him in Reading, Pennsylvania. He played for three and a half hours. And it's a different set almost every night where he's mixing in yeah, he's different things like covers and that and whatnot. Yeah. That's insane. And to me, he's one of the guys that's still staying true to, you know, like you said, his influences where he's telling the story and he's not just trying to write a song for radio. He's actually that trying desperate to... Man, he's never been about radio yeah. and that's no? what I love yeah. about him. Yeah, I do yeah. too. Yeah, that he's been... That he's about putting out music because it's what he wants to do and he knows his fan base that the church choir, as he calls it, is right. massive. That fan base yeah. is It's huge. unreal. So how long, so what year was that, would you say, that you you got to meet him down at the round? Ah, uh, 2010. 2010. 
2010. Okay, yeah. so that's still two years. So, so I, when was the breaking point? Like, I gotta, I, I want to come up here. Um, you know, I kind of just took his advice and went home and I wrote and played. My first gig was at Outback Steakhouse. Okay, um, I was a busboy there in high school, and then uh, <clears throat> when I left out, or I stayed at Outback, and I asked my boss if I could play out on the patio on a holiday. Uh, Valentine's Day, and she was like, yeah, go ahead. So I brought my guitar and this little Fender amp that I had, and I played, and I was like, man, I kind of just want to write songs. And I just met Eric, and I was like, man, I just, you know, let's start writing. And, was, you know, they're not great at first by any means, but I thought they were. Yeah. You know, I was like, man, I'm right. I wrote a song, and I was just playing it. You know, whoever whoever would listen to it, I'd play it for. So um, I stood in front of Outback Steakhouse for months just as my gig every weekend, just Playing for tips, you know, and and some bread and some macaroni and cheese. <laughs> That's some good mac and cheese. It is good though. mac and cheese. <laughs> That's some good mac and cheese. Yeah, can't complain. So how old are you doing that? Uh I was nineteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty years old. Damn, and you're just going with the grind, just and... doing it. Yeah, sitting out there playing and the guitar. You, and then you just kind of packed up and moved here. Did you have a plan, or did I you didn't do have a? Pl- of- I didn't have a plan. I just did it. That's what that's what you got to do. That's what that's kind of like what I did. I was told by by my buddies, by our buddy Dave, like you just gotta you just gotta do it. If you want to do it, you just gotta do it. And yeah, you come down. People people crouch. People are crouch. Surf, people couch surf. People do yeah. all that stuff. Where they they just gotta you gotta get into town. You gotta figure out a way to just get out here and do it. Yeah, I mean my my mom and dad always told me there's never a perfect time for anything. Um, you know whether in, in anything in life, you know there's never an ideal time to get married there's never an ideal time to have a kid there's never you know you just do it and life comes at you and you're either gonna you're either gonna step up to the plate or you're gonna strike out so you just gotta do it you know if you want to do something do it and make it happen yeah and you you made it happen so what was your initial moment what were your initial times in nashville like like when you first got here what was man what was that oh shit i'm in nashville moment because town's a little bit different back then than it is now it was scary to be honest with you because i didn't know i didn't know a single soul up here um so i moved here i was living uh in a a little one-bedroom apartment um i didn't know anybody i was i had transferred jobs so i was just working my tail off because i didn't know how easy it was going to be to make money up here. So I was, I was scared, to be honest with you. I'm not going to lie. Um, I didn't know what to expect for, like, you know, living. And the weather, obviously, I moved up here in June, and then as soon as fall hit, I was like, man, it's cold up here. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not in Florida <laughs> no more. Some, I had to buy some clothes. Uh, but, I mean, it it was. Like, I come from a small town. I grew up in Stewart, Florida, so – Coming here and seeing big buildings and people that you don't see every day and people that you've never seen before in your life, it's it's you get a little shell shock at first. You know, you're like, man, you're a long way from home. You can't just stay on the phone with your mom and dad, or you know, and you're like, oh, I'll call my friends back home. Well, they get busy too, you know, and it's just it's a different world. But you get used to it, you know, and that's what makes you who you are, you know. So first first gig in town, what was it? My first gig in town. Uh, well. Riders round or actual paid gig? Oh, anything. Something where you were able to get up on a stage, play something, and people heard it. Nashville Palace. Oh, dude, that is a cool My first, first gig. place I ever got on stage and played a song. That's cool. That, yeah. And for those people that don't know, that is a legendary place. That's where Randy cool. Travis started out as a busboy. That's yeah. where, like, 
the legends that and that's yep. a super like country country venue like you go in there yeah. it's cowboy hats people and boots and spurs and, and yeah. it's not it's not on broadway it's a little no, bit out of town it, so it is. it's not by opry it, it's, yeah it's quite a ways out right. of town. so you know you gotta be going to there yeah yeah so yeah. what was what was that like and that stage setup is even uh it was cool i did i did uh a couple songs i had written and uh a cover and i forgot what cover it was but yeah i did it and it went over well i mean people people clap for you as long as you do your best i've yeah. learned um but now looking back on it you know it's like man those songs probably weren't that great and i feel bad for those people that had to sit do it <laughs> the nashville palace though, that that's that's a, as a lot of people their first gig is just playing playing one of the cover sets on broadway or yeah they're playing or playing a writer's round but to end up at the palace that's that's freaking that's freaking awesome yeah, that's cool so. that is real that is really cool now you have a have a cool crew, so I get to see. We see you a lot out on Broadway, yeah. Um, hanging out, and you're one of the one of the locals in town, and or yeah. even out in Midtown, we'll catch you at a whiskey jam every yeah. now and then, things like that. Uh, you've got a, we got some mutual friends, guys like Taylor Phillips and Josh yeah. Melton and Matt Roy and all those guys. How'd you get in with that crew? Because that's a good circle that you guys have. You guys are bumping <laughs> out some great songs, and you guys have gone out on the road and got do some cool yeah. things together. Um, it's kind of networking and meeting and. We've all drinking a lot of beers together. Okay. Um, we've met all at Losers. I met Josh in a songwriting contest um, about four and a half years ago. There was 580 of us at uh, Puckett's doing a songwriting contest uh, over like a five-month period. And we placed, Josh and I placed in the top three. And uh, we actually became friends. And we didn't talk for a year. We just swapped numbers. And then I messaged him one day and asked him if he wanted to write. And we did. And we hit it off, and we became friends, and then we became roommates, and we started traveling and stuff together. So he's one of the best dudes, um, if not the best dude in this town. He's my best friend and my brother. Um, I think that's important, too, for, for helping you in a town that you don't know much about, especially when you just move here, is finding someone that you can trust, you know, with your wallet and your girlfriend and know that your wallet's safe. Uh, <laughs> um, um, no, he's he's such a good dude, though. He, he would... Best person I know in this town, and Taylor and I met at Losers just through drinking beer and talking, and we've become good friends, and we've been out on the road a lot together, and um, yeah, I mean, I, we've I've been fortunate, I've I've made some good friends here in town, so yeah, and you guys all I'm assuming co-write together and get to do yeah that kind of that kind of thing. So your first experience with with co-writing was that down in Florida, or was that when you get up to Nashville? my first co-write was here. I had been writing by myself in Florida, and when I moved here, I remember uh, I had to write with a girl at Belmont, and I walked in. I didn't know what to expect, and to be honest with you, it was awful. Not on her part, on my part. I didn't know what to expect. I was hungry. (laughs) It was just a rough day, and uh, I didn't know what to expect. And then I learned learned quickly that just because you think something's good in a song doesn't mean the other person does. So there's a lot of compromise. You have to figure out what you're going to X, what you're going to add, you know, what you're going to keep, that kind of stuff, so... Yeah, it sounds like I've heard it described as like you're working on like a school project with somebody. It almost. really is like where where there's that that collaboration, and you can have some co-writes where there's like tons of people now. There's like five, six, yeah, seven people, and then you have other ones where it's just you and a buddy or you and somebody that you don't know. So for you, who are you like? Who's like your circle that you enjoy? My favorite right? co-writes that you that you enjoy. Uh, I mean, I'm sure those guys that you just mentioned. Yeah, I love especially being roommates. That's got to you guys yeah. have that that extra level of connection. I love writing with um with Josh. Obviously, we've written a lot. Um, Taylor and I've written a lot. I love writing with Matt Roy. Um, 
Blue Foley is one of my favorite songs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> he's such a he's such a ball of energy. Like you cannot help but just love being in the same room with with Blue. Yeah. Um and uh, you know, Matt Roy, I already said him, Blue. Matt Willis is great. He's he's such a joy to write with. He's always got a different perspective on things and um, there's a lot of great people in this town to write with. Yeah, you know? do, you, do you feel like you have to be in a writer's room, or do you guys just kind of get together no. at an apartment? Do you prefer just being on a back porch having a couple beers? Because I feel like there's so many different environments that people get together and write. I mean, we've had buddies come down to our apartment in Spring Hill, and they'll just bring their guitars, and we'll be sitting there playing Xbox, just chilling, throwing back a few, and doing some other things. And they'll just and they'll just pull out the guitars and just randomly start writing at like two thirty, yeah. three o'clock in the morning on like a Wednesday. That's like crazy. it'll just happen. Yeah, I mean, I've I've learned that a lot of my rights, uh, the best rights that Josh and I ever had, because we lived together for that time. So we would we would make time to write. At like we would say, hey, let's write at eleven, you know, next Wednesday, and come down like ready to focus, ready to write. Sometimes you don't get a good song, sometimes you don't get a song, but then like sometimes we'd come home after a couple beers and then just be messing around the living room and we'd get a song. So it's like one of those things where you, you can't always plan it. Sometimes it just happens, and you know sometimes you do plan it and it happens, but you never know when when it's gonna hit you and when that inspiration is gonna you know generate an idea. Yeah, like I mean, Tyler, you do you do a bit of co-writing and things like that. Like yeah. for you, is it, that spur of the moment energy's got to be got to be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I had a buddy back home that I'd write with a lot. His name's Nick, and uh, me and him, it was always we'd start after midnight. Like we'd be chilling, playing Xbox or something, and something time around midnight, one o'clock. Like one of us would pick up a guitar and just go, and it might be four a.m. in the morning when we're done, but. We might have wrote three songs that night, and they were all, you know, usually we'd come back the next day and be like, all right, that's something I'm happy with, you know? Yeah, that's cool. That's where it's at. Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, and I mean, the co-writing concept, like, I mean, it's something that this town is really big on. And people think that it's, I mean, it, it is a competitive place. Maybe not as competitive as New York, where I'm coming down from, like, northeast yeah. with, the, with the stockbrokers and this and that and everything. But it really, there's a sense of, like, family and, like, community down here where... Yeah. Everybody kind of sort of a lot of people support each other. Did, yeah. Did you get that vibe when you first came down? Yeah. Here? Um, or came up here in your case? When I first moved here, I thought it was a very competitive town. And, and it is in a sense, but I've also learned that it's, it's not at the same time. This town's about relationships. Um, and I've learned that, you know, when one person makes it over the fence, you turn around, and you help the next person over. And I've seen that time and time again. I've seen it, especially with Ashley McBride. Um, the way she's going right now, and she's turned around and helped so many people over the same fence that she's, you know, got over. And you see it with a lot of people. You know, Kane Brown's the same way. You know, you don't forget where you came from, and you don't forget the people that have helped you. And yeah, how'd you get to know? How'd you get to know Kane? Because I know you, I met, you got to go out on the road with him a little bit. I met Kane uh, through Taylor, um, and Taylor and I went out. I went out with Taylor, and Taylor was a guest of Kane, so I was uh, just tour managing Taylor at the time. And then also just playing acoustic guitar for him too. So we had to go out for the full band shows and acoustic, and we did some one offs with um, with them, um, you know, as well as like Granger Smith and stuff. So we we've had fun out there. With how them. how what's what's the Kane Brown crowd like? Because I've been to a couple of Kane Brown shows up north, and they that that crowd. I remember. I'll I tell think, you what. I think it was like there was something crazy, some crazy amount of merch that he had sold at the Starland Ballroom in New Jersey, which is like a twenty five hundred person like club venue, like where Bon Jovi and those guys got started. And he sold like some ridiculous number, like I'm talking like over like twenty G's. In yeah, merch, like just an insane number. His fan base is definitely one of a kind, and they are they're loyal and they love merch. 
Um, we did a show with them down in Palm Beach uh, last March, and they set as called the Rib Roundup, and it's in my hometown, and they have like five or six bands to like a big festival every every year, and he set the merch record for like all time for the whole festival. Jeez, yeah. Damn deep, and it's like I mean, he sells he sells out crowds. We the last show we did with him in Charlotte, North Carolina, he sold that venue out two nights in a row, and they were trying to book him a third night for in Charlotte, North Carolina. You know, yeah, that's like, a big that's a big market. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, you sell out a venue three night two nights in a row, and they want you a third night. And he's still just kind of getting getting yeah, started. I mean, like he's, he's, he's still nowhere he's, near being at max potential. No, no, not at all. And, and he's a great man. Like yeah. he's a great dude. Yeah, we've seen him pop in, pop in at work and stuff, and we've gotten the gotten the cross paths with him a little bit and whatnot. And what's cool with with him and, and similar to your style, like the latest one you just put out when it comes to you, love the yeah. track by the way. Thank you, man. Um, it's got kind of that blend of. Like what Kane's doing, there's such that crossover, and you're one of those guys where it kind of fits in. Is that something you were aiming for? With as far as like yeah, for the that pop, song. The, well, well, just in, like I mean, the pop country, and and it's it's a like, people people make it sound like it's a dirty word, but I don't think it is like that. Like bro country, for example, like that whole style of what Chase Rice and FGL got started, which was ironically right around the time that you moved here, like right. 2012, 2013. Um, that's like what's it been like to come up? Be in Nashville, and you're basically here. You got here right at the beginning of that era. What's that been like? Um, you know, I think there, there's different styles of country music. I don't think one's right and one's wrong. Um, you know, I think if I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the song. If a song impacts, you know, somebody, then you can't hate on the person for making it the way they did. Um, you know, when it when it comes to you we did the demo completely different than what the actual track is. The yeah. demo was actually very, very country, um, had Dobro and steel in it. And then the actual track is very like modern country, almost pop. Um, and you know, and it goes both ways. You know, some people that I've heard the demo say, Hey, I like the demo more. Some people have heard both say they like the actual track better. So, you know, it's just, it's all your taste preference, you know, and there's no right or wrong way. If you're making good music and people relate to it, then do your thing, you know, and you don't have to, you know, you can make a pop country song and you can make a traditional country song. I don't think it makes you any less of a person. I don't think you have to, I think it's good for your marketing to kind of stay in your lane. But I mean, if you want to branch out and just do something different, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Yeah, now for pop influences for you, was that something? Like, were you, like, just coming from Florida, we, were, we had we had our buddy Henry on a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying how he would go to Warp Tour and, like, be, like, really into, yeah. like, the rock, like, that like that, that 2000s rock stuff. Yeah. Was that an influence for you? Like, Kind of. Um, I've been to a lot of rock shows, I, I've, and they, they they vary because I've seen Papa Roach in concert. I've seen Buck Cherry in concert. Oh, Buck Cherry show. I've been I've to seen a Buck Cherry Puddle show. Puddle of Mud. Like, oh, Puddle of Mud. That's another good I've one. I've been Damn. to all those things. So, like, <laughs> I like to think that I'm somewhat diverse in the music yeah. I listen to. Like, honestly, I listen to everything from – I'll listen to Eminem. I'll listen to Polka. Like, I'll listen to Bluegrass. I'll listen to, you know, Vern Gosden. But I can also listen to Florida Georgia Line. Or I, I, like, I honestly listen to a wide variety of all kinds of music because – the melodies and the the phrasings and things you never know what's going to influence you or where you can get your ideas from um but yeah i mean rock i listened to a lot of rock my dad you know list made me listen to a lot of southern rock growing up um skinner, he's a big skinner, skinner fan. the outlaws Molly yeah Hatchet, almond brothers yeah. yeah like all that stuff and my mom my mom always listened to like oldies so 
and I can't even hardly name you any oldies. I just remember <laughs> yeah. listening to them. But I never, that's one thing I don't listen to. I've never been big, I don't know why, I've never been big on, like, 70s and, like, 60s, like, the mamas and the papas and stuff like that. Even the Beatles, I have a huge respect for them, but I've, I'm not, a, like, that it doesn't hit me. And that's I'm the same way. Same here. And that's yeah. the thing, and that's totally fine. I still have a massive respect for them, but it's just not, like, you won't see me with my windows down listening to the Beatles. Yeah. Can't buy my love. Is that the Beatles? I think so. I don't I, even know if that's I, the I couldn't Beatles. Even, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I don't even know. I, but it makes me sound bad, but I just, I've, I've listened to them. Yeah. And I can hear them and tell you that's the Beatles, but it's just not, you know, everybody's got their own cup of tea, yeah. and that's fine. That's why, you know, Baskin Robbins makes 31 flavors and not one. Absolutely, there you go. Absolutely. So for so with with this new track, how did that what what how did that process of writing writing this one when it comes to you come out and whatnot? Man, I had uh, I had that title in my song for the longest time, and I didn't know how I wanted to write it because there were so many ways you could approach it and twist it. And um, I was with Matt Roy at his house one day, and we were about to write, and I had this title, and I said, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And we played with it, and um, we wrote a verse and then we we stopped and we kind of thought, man, th- it could be bigger, and not the song, but like the actual meaning of the song. Like when it comes to you, the the original was more along the lines of, you know, when it comes to you, like I don't mind holding your purse in the mall. Like when it comes to you, I don't mind doing like the small things. We're like, what what's the bigger picture? Like when it comes to you, like I don't mind settling down. When it comes to you, like I don't, I like I'd fly to the moon. You know, like yeah. I'll figure things out when it comes to you. And I think that was the bigger picture of what um, we wanted to portray in the song. So we wrote it, and we did the best we could with it, and I, I think we got a good song. So I think you did, too. And Thank it's, you. It's a, it's a smash and whatnot. And now just um, looking forward now, we're in 2019. It's hard to believe we're, we're already as far into the year as we are. March. And Yeah, right? It's freaking crazy. Um, for you, what are you looking to do this year? I know you've gone out and – been been around and got yeah. go on the road and go to some cool different kind of places. I know you've been you were up in the Northeast yeah. in the in the fall, early part of the winter. You obviously go down to Florida. You go yeah. out west. What is uh, what's going on in the world of Mark Burke for so, 2019? We're getting ready to record a new song um, in a couple of weeks. Um, we've got narrowed down to two. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a song called uh, "That's Why They Make Beer." Oh, okay, yeah. So it's going to be a little upbeat party party song which is something i don't necessarily have yet out so yeah. um or anything like that so i thought it'd be kind of cool to put one of those out especially with summer coming um and then uh hopefully get a video done for that and uh just keep it rolling i'd like to i'd like to get three more singles out before the end of the year now that music video that that that's gonna be that can be shot here in nashville i would like it too beer. i thought it'd be kind of cool to do it at whiskey row to be honest with you do that whiskey row you do it do it somewhere that'd be great that, that would be pretty wild because Nash, that's the place to do it. Now, who'd, yeah. you, write, who'd you write that one with? With uh, That's Why They Make Beers, uh, Blue Foley and Josh Melton. Oh, that's a <laughs> – I cannot wait. It was funny because Blue and I wrote it, and then I wanted to tweak the, the course and the bridge a little bit. So I came home, and like a couple weeks later, I was messing with it, and Josh actually helped me tune up the chorus. So it's kind of like we all wrote it, but we weren't in the same room together. Yeah, it was one of those three way, yeah, three way kind cool. of rights, which that so. can work out because it's just different sets of ears. Yep, jumping on it, dude. So, dude, that's awesome. Then you're gonna be hitting the road at all? Uh yeah, we got some shows coming up, and uh, I got one in New York at Angry Orchard, and then I'm getting ready to go to Kentucky. I'm going to Iowa. 
uh, in May, and then I'm doing uh, got another show out in Clarksville, which is nice because I don't even have to go that far. Yeah, so that's, the road. That's a nice. That's a nice easy trip. <clears throat> yeah, so we're staying busy. It's been good. That's awesome, man. Now, where can people go on to go on to find you and stuff? Because you're you're on you're on all the social media yeah. stuff. I, I follow you on Instagram. I see those yeah. Instagram stories when y'all are out and. So Instagram is um at Mark Burke, Mark with a K and Burke with an E, and um Facebook is Mark Burke Live. Um, you know, and we post shows and all that stuff on there where we're gonna be at. And then one last thing I wanted to touch on. You were talking to me and Tyler before we sat down here. Um, you were, we were talking about um about scooters oh. and the surge and and oh, the stuff man. and whatnot. Yeah. I, I I I have to I have to bring it up because it's just. Just a wild thing, and we see we see it happen and whatnot. So when I first moved the, when I I moved the town in uh, in November or October, and then I had seen you a couple months later and whatnot. You were in a sling. I'm like, what the hell happened, man? Like, you good? Like, and I saw you carrying the guitar. So I'm like, this guy's trying to gig while wearing a sling. What the hell? And you and I think I you didn't explain the whole story to me because you were running to go and gig somewhere, and then you just explained it to us before we sat down. So. How did uh, Mark Burke end up in a sling in uh, January? You know, I, for the longest time, I was trying to come up with something cool to say that happened to me. I told the lady at Walmart I got shot. She didn't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we had, uh, I just got done playing a, a, a little acoustic gig with Josh, actually. And we were like, hey, let's jump on some scooters and just ride back to the parking garage. And um, I thought to myself, I was like, man, these things are kind of dangerous. So I'm going to stay in the alley and not even get out on the main road. And um, I had my guitar on my back, and I hit the smallest pothole ever, and the whole scooter stopped. And unfortunately, I didn't. And uh, I went straight over the top of it. I came down uh, with my guitar still on my back, and I landed with my arms out. But when I landed, I shattered my shoulder um, in pieces, and we thought it was just dislocated at first. So I um, had Josh turned around, and he came back, and I was like, hey, just pop it back in the socket before it swells up, and we won't have to go to the hospital. I'll just go home and take some Advil and go to bed. So we stood there for about 10 minutes watching how to pop an arm back in the socket on YouTube and then uh, <laughs> trying to pop my arm back in and we couldn't get it in there. And Shit. he was like, maybe we'll just go to the hospital. So we went to the hospital and I walked in. I told lady, and I was like, hey, my shoulder's just dislocated, but it hurts really bad. So you're going to have to put me out if you're going to pop it back in. And she's like, well, let's just do an x-ray. I'm like, no, we don't need an x-ray. Like, we just need to pop it back in. And she's like, well, let's do it just to be safe. And um, they had a, a the x-ray tech had a trainee that day and uh, I remember having my back up against the board and the way they had my head is I was like looking at them through the glass. And I remember when she took the picture, the x-ray trainee mouthed, Oh shit. <laughs> and that's when I knew I was like, Oh man, this could be bad. So I walked out and when she came out, I said, is it bad? And she said, well, I'm not a doctor. And I was like, that means it's bad, isn't it? So um, we waited for the actual doctor to come in, and before she even said hi, she just asked if I played baseball. And I said, no, why? And she said, good, your career would be over. And I was like, well, Jeez. nice to meet you too. <laughs> so uh, I had to have partial replacement surgery, and I was in a sling for a couple of weeks, and I ended up going back down to Florida just to relax and recoup and yeah. get out of town for a little bit and you know let some salt water heal me up. So it felt good. But now I'm getting back to it. I don't have full motion yet, but I'm doing my physical therapy, and I can play guitar and... Just grinding away at it, you know? No more scooters. No more scooters, man. It's better to walk. 
Sometimes that's dangerous too. Yeah. Oh, downtown, especially on Broadway. Yeah, absolutely. Broad, There's broad, potholes yeah. everywhere. Oh, there are there are potholes and crazy things everywhere. So, so at uh, <laughs> no, that's dangerous. I can't do that. <laughs> Coat of bear over there, showing showing some videos and whatnot. But um, <laughs> but so we always wrap this up with uh with you playing with somebody playing an original yeah. and um. You want to play the one that's out right now? You want to play when it comes to you? Or do you want to play? I'm intrigued to hear this one that you wrote with Josh Melton and Blue Foley. Yeah, we'll do uh, That's Why They Make Beer. That's Why They Make Beer. And this yeah. is one that is going to be coming out hopefully later on this yeah, year. Yeah, it's coming out in May. Coming out in May. April. We're recording April. Well, we're recording at the end of April. So it should hit. I'm shooting for end of May. End of May. Okay. Awesome. So brand new one. Co-written, this is Mark Burke, co-written with Mr. Blue Foley. Shout out to Blue and Matt Roy. No, Josh Melton. Josh Melton, excuse yeah. me. Matt Roy had written when it comes to you. But thank you guys for tuning in, as always, for myself, for Tyler, for the Coda Bear, for the podcast. They were actually hiding today. I think Cake is somewhere. I think he, went, he or she went up the stairs. I don't even know the genders of these cats. And uh, Felix is laying over there in the control room. But shout out to the podcast. You can always follow along in the round podcast on Instagram, in the round on Facebook, in the round podcast.com. Shout out to our webmaster, Jacob Albert, for all that stuff. Also, make sure you subscribe. Give us those five stars if you like what you heard. And make sure to follow our buddy, Mark Burke. Look him up, Instagram, Facebook. Check him out if he's coming to a city near you. And uh, make sure to follow him along on Spotify, Apple Music, and all that good stuff. Now, without further ado, it's Mark Burke. What's the name of the song again? I forgot to cut this That's out. why they make beer. Without further ado, here is Mark Burke. Co-written with Josh Melton and Blue Foley. That's why they made beer on In the Round. Mowing lawns in the middle of June on a D-110 John Deere. Baptist Church softball champs for the second consecutive year. In the middle of the lake when the fish ain't biting But you're just gonna stay right here, right here Reaching the cooler and pull one out Cause that's why they make beer Whether the rock is a blue or it's a blue ribbon All you gotta do is turn it up and start sipping Pop a top and tip it on back Tip it on back Cause it can be a highlight In a five star or a bud light In a dive bar Just hold it up and cheer that's why they made the College football Saturdays, cheering on the volunteers. Well, that big promotion you got to slingshot your career. You see your ex-girlfriend with a brand new man, and you just want to disappear. Hey, man, it's all good, because that's why they make beer. Whether the rock is a blue or it's a blue ribbon, all you got to do is turn it up and stop sipping. Pop a top and tip it on back, tip it on back, because it can be a highlight in a five-star or a Bud Light in a dive bar. Just hold it up and cheers, because that's why they make beer. It can be a highlight in a five-star or a Bud Light in a dive bar. Just hold it up and cheers with everyone in here. 
That's why they make beer That's why they make beer Yeah, that ice cream 